Have you ever felt like the work you were supposed to love is instead sucking your soul and you aren't making the impact you always dreamed of making? If so, you aren't alone. From broke and underemployed to six figures plus, powered only by daydreams and grit, I realized I was burning out and my values of freedom, purpose, and making an impact were taking the back seat to my wallet. I realized that I needed to build my own field guide to awesome from the inside out. So I gave it all up and I traveled the world to rediscover what was most important to me and create a business that filled my pockets, filled my soul, and allowed me to multiply my impact. But the question is, how will I do it? Join me on my journey and find out as we build our community of experts and share the secrets of success from the inside out. My name is Trina Sarekia, and this is the Field Guide to Awesome. In our last episode, I shared the second half of my conversation with George Cow where we talked about authentic business and how to use public journaling to connect with your ideal customer in a way that is fun and easeful. If you missed it, go back and check it out. In this episode, we talk again with Ash Samuel about how he dealt with the feast or famine of the old business model and shifted to a subscription-based business and went from transactional business to one based on relationships. Let's welcome Ash Samuel. Hi, Ash. Thank you so much for coming back on the Field Guide to Awesome podcast. I really enjoyed having you on previously, and I know my people really wanted to hear more about you. I'd love to dig in and find out more about how you started as an entrepreneur and the challenges you faced, the mindset shifts that made all the difference for you too, and also the impact that you're making. Are you ready to dive in? Yes. Hi, Trina. Yes, I am. Awesome. Thank you. So, Ash... When did you first become an entrepreneur? Well, um, yeah, so when I first became an entrepreneur was in 2003. I was really freelancing from 2002, middle of 2002, and then trying to find my way and figure out if this was something that I really liked or wanted to do. And then around May of 2003 is when I incorporated my company and I went full time into this. That's awesome. Now, when you first started, what were you looking to achieve when you got started? Specifically, what was the impact you wanted to make if there was one? Honestly, there wasn't any impact or, you know, all these big ideas or ideals I had. I mentioned in my previous podcast, uh, I was laid off and I was really trying to make ends meet and, you know, put food on the table and keep a roof over our heads. And that's really what, you know, got me going. And it was very simple, basic stuff that I wanted to, you know, be the breadwinner for my family. When you were starting your business, what was the biggest struggle you experienced? I, you know, I'm a very logical, methodical guy. Setting up a company, I know some people find it hard. Those things were easy to put the company in place, you know, to get my IDs, the tax ID, and to get a website going. What was really hard was to be able to market, to be able to find people, uh, to be able to be in front, to be able to network. So those were some of the challenges that I really faced that were hard to overcome. That makes sense. And I think it's a struggle that many new entrepreneurs face, new and entrepreneurs that have been going for a while, they struggle with that. So what was the mindset shift that changed that for you? Because I have a feeling that, that your mindset on the marketing and the sales and bringing in clients really changed. 
What was that mindset that shifted that for you? There were, you know, a few things, uh, maybe a lot of things that changed, but one of the things that also changed was that I was in, you know, at one point I would have a lot of customers and a lot of business. My phone was ringing off the hook. And then a few months later, I would be, you know, twiddling my thumbs and don't know where the next time the phone is going to ring. So there was this whole feast to famine issue too that I struggled with. And I had to find a consistent way of making money or a consistent way to have business that would constantly come in. How did you feel internally while going through that? What were the feelings and the thoughts that were going through your head when you were experiencing that feast of famine? It's quite frustrating, honestly, because, um, you know, it's like you really have no peace. You know, that's the real bottom line, because even though you have a great time and you're doing well in business, you know that other time is coming and you don't know when it's going to come and hit you. Yeah. So. You know, so that's where the real, you know, battle in the mind is that, yeah, you know, that is coming and it's coming. And when it comes, you don't know when it's going to go away. So mm. it's, so whether you're in feast or in famine, you're always not at peace. Right. So, yeah. 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 That's a bad feeling. Yeah, Definitely. definitely. People tend to stay in that feast or famine mode for a long time. What was the the roadblock or the the point at which you realized that something had to change? I think within three or four years is when I realized that that had to change and I had to reconstruct my business. So in my business, I do IT and computer services and the industry at large actually has shifted to the new model. So the old model used to be break fix, what we in the IT world call break fix. Your computer's broken, your network's broken. Oh, it doesn't matter whether you're small or big, whoever it is, we just go out, service the computer or the network or whatever the problem, and we get, you know, and we could be there for a day, we could be there for a month, we could be there for six months trying to do whatever needs to be done to, you know, either upgrade, change, um, or fix uh, whatever the problem is, right? And so that was one model. So what I did was I shifted as the business model for a lot of other, you know, competition and the industry itself is changing to a more of a subscription based. That's Mm. that's the best way I can describe it. And to a model where we just become the IT company for them or the IT staff for them, uh, for a company, for example, and then we just take care. So we are literally like a part-time employee. It's just that we have a whole bunch of customers to to them. We are like their part-time employees per se. So they get the benefit of just having somebody there on call when they need, as well as we do proactive work for them. So it's a win-win because they have somebody that they can rely on and they're not just going on their own and only when they need somebody that they call. So they get the benefit of knowing the, that there is somebody who's looking after all their security and you know preemptively taking care of any problems that might show up eventually and making sure, for example, backups are happening, uh, updates are happening, and everything is protected. That was a huge shift that I had to do in the business um, you know, and the model that I was following. And so that helped uh, create revenue streams, uh, multiple revenue streams 
to be able to, you know, uh, not have this issue of feast and famine. And for the longest time, it was, there were no more feasts. There was no more like, hey, there's a, you know, huge amount of money that I can make in a short period of time because I moved out of that business totally. And it sounds like it was definitely a win-win, like you said, because now you have a relationship with that business, your client business that you're serving. And it's not like you come in and have to rediscover everything that is going on within their, their business. You can actually serve as someone who really knows them and Correct. what their business and, is. Yeah. yeah. Correct. It, it's, it's easy. So exactly. You're absolutely right. So what happens is they pay a smaller fee because we don't have to rediscover. We don't have to mm-hmm. even discover or we don't have to relearn or know what they did because they go, they do everything IT related through us. So as things change, if a PC changes, we know that a PC has changed and so on. It's much easier for us. So we are charging them less, right, to do the work. Yeah. And they're getting quicker service, better service, because we know what we are doing, because we have been doing that over and over again for them. And also, um, so they're paying less, right? So all we had to do, the shift was that we had to get more clients. Yeah. So it was an average of a lot of more clients and everybody wins. So that was the shift that, that happened from a business perspective. And from a mindset perspective, it sounds like you went from just serving um, and getting clients to building relationships. How true is that? That is correct. Absolutely. Yeah, you hit the nail on its head. So now it was not a transactional business. It became a relational business. You're absolutely right. And how did that relational business change your experience of your own business? Well, slowly but surely, as we keep adding, um, our retention has been extremely high. Even in our industry, I feel we have really retained, I I would say, 100% of our customers. Um, Most of the customers that we have lost are people who have either retired, moved, shut their business, sold their business. And that happens. And that happens quite quite a lot. So we do lose for those reasons. But we try our best to give the you know prompt service the best service that we can and that really has helped me you know show the value and also experience that value that we bring to the table it's it's for real because it is a long-term relationship that we have um you know in my previous uh, podcast i mentioned about how it's sale is about dating but now it's like a relationship we have once the customer signs up and believe it or not, we have had customers that have been with us four years, five years, 10. And one customer, uh, you know, I was looking at their invoice. It was from 2004, their first invoice. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. That's and, brilliant. Um, yeah. And so she sold her business. She's almost retiring now. And so, you know, we parted ways, but uh, it was a good experience. And, you know, uh, so that's why I was like reminiscing that time that when when I started and I was like you know a lot younger and <laughs> yeah so a lot less mature but then yeah she's got yeah, to see you grow yeah. up as a business exactly exactly and so, so what was the transformation that happened that you didn't realize would happen the transformation that happened was the consistency of the income or the revenue that mm-hmm. was being generated 
and how it actually grew. And now it's, you know, growing exponentially to the point where, you know, we have way surpassed what we were doing previously in the other model. And it was, you know, hard to, to figure out that that's where it would go because we really had to go down before we came back up. Yeah. So congratulations on that. So what's coming up for you as your next big challenge in the next 12 to 24 months as an entrepreneur? Well, the next um, big challenge, of course, is growth. You know, there's there's only, you know, you either sink or you sail, right? So you can't really uh, stay stationary. Uh, And so I'm trying to, you know, have um, exponential growth. But in the first like the next 12 to 24 months, I'm trying to just double my business, I would say. But then after that, I really want to, you know, uh, have an exponential growth, uh, look at other ways to accelerate the business. And one of the ways that I'm thinking of is a franchise or similar model, not necessarily a franchise. And I haven't figured that out, but that's where I think I'm going to go. I feel that one company just doing it themselves is much harder and to to grow with other small companies and help them and get them you know up and have an investment into them both financially and emotionally intellectually you know business wise and help them grow so that way we can all grow together and so that's the you know the plan eventually but in the interim it's to just grow the company to make it more stable and have more influence in the marketplace. That's fantastic. Oh, Ash, thank you so much for sharing more of your time with us. Where can people find out more about you? So the best way to find out about uh, CrossNet is to go to the website. It's www.crossnetinc. It's crossnetinc.com. Awesome. And I'm going to put your information in the show notes as well. So if anybody is interested in learning more about Ash, go into the show notes and you'll find his contact information as well as what we talked about in the show. Thank you so much, Trina, for having me. Appreciate it. It was brilliant. And I'm so glad you could join. Thank you. Stay tuned for our next episode where we talk again with Latisse Hudson. Join us as we talk about understanding the transformation you create for your customer, the power of vision and a business roadmap, two keys to keep your ideas from dying, and the non-negotiable key to fast track your business. Don't miss it, folks. Hey, thanks for listening. I truly hope you got something out of this episode that you can immediately implement in your life or business. If so, one of the easiest ways you can help me and multiply your impact is to please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and help me reach other heart-centered and socially conscious entrepreneurs like you. As a special thank you, when you leave your rating and review, you'll win a 15-minute free consultation meeting with me to talk specifically about your business. Just send me an email with an image or a screenshot of your rating and we'll schedule the time. Thanks again and be awesome.